0: Welcome to Stories for Wonderful Children, the podcast where I share the recordings of the bedtime stories I've improvised for my children over the years. I'm Dan Wendelin, your host and storyteller. Today's story is the continuation of Dax's search to find and free the mermaid curry. The deep lobsters who hold her captive have promised to free her if he can defeat an enormous kraken. But how could one human prince ever hope to accomplish such a thing? Well... I hope you enjoy listening and finding
1: out. They slept through the night. aboard ship. Come morning, they...
2: I guess the person who drive the ship had to try to stay away to drive this
1: Well, you know what they did? They took turns. One person would drive the ship for three or four hours, and then he'd go to bed and wake somebody else up. That way they all got a chance to sleep some. Anyway, when the morning sun rose... They set sail for the area that Claw, King of the Deep Lobsters, had told them. Were the hunting grounds of tsunami. Hunting
2: grounds? Yes. Oh my god. to hung over the side of the story. ship. What was it? What? What was it? Not its name, but the type kind of thing it was. It was a kraken. What in the world is a kraken?
1: Kraken is a squid. Sort of like a giant squid. It's Octopus s- thing with a lot of tentacles. That's like the size of a house.
2: Like a tall a window?
1: It's huge. Like the t- size of a very large house. They're mythical. They're not real.
2: Like as big as our ceiling of our room? No,
1: as big as the entire house. Like you stand outside and look at our house. It's that big. So... Dak was hanging over the side of the ship, and he was looking down into the water. Before very long, he saw, moving deep in the water, something that he thought must be tsunami. He turned to Captain Goldring. He said, I've got to take it from here. And he bent down, and he took off his, his boots, took off his fancy tunic. He was wearing just his shorts and his sword. And the shell necklace that Shan had given him. And he gave Captain Goldring a letter. And he said, If I don't come back, I want you to give this letter to Ia and Shan. So that they know what's happened here. It explains everything. And it explains that it's not your fault. I lad. I'll be doing that, said Captain Goldring. But... Don't you be thinking you be getting out of this just by trying to not to come back? No, you've got to come back, lad. Dak nodded and dove into the water. He swam down, down, down for quite a ways. The kraken was so huge that it had looked like it was much closer than it actually was, and so Dak had to swim for quite some time. As he got closer, he began to appreciate the size of tsunami. Most Kraken that he had seen before, fortunately never up close, but most Kraken were about the size of a ship or a house. This Kraken, Tsunami, was about the size of their entire palace. It was huge. It was like swimming up to a building with tentacles. Dax swam up. He drew his sword, and he said, "'You there, Tsunami!' I've come to challenge you. Nothing happened for quite some time. And then the Kraken slowly began to turn till one huge eye the size of the ceiling was looking at him. A deep, burbling voice said, And who might you be,
2: Overworlder? I'm Dak. And why do you come to your death in this way? I have not
1: come to die, said Dak. I have come to challenge you because I must. The deep lobsters have demanded it of me in exchange for the return of curry, my love.
2: Oh, such foolishness, said Tsunami. You're not even worth the effort to fight. Tell the deep lobsters that you have failed and go home over. Love is not meant to flourish between your kind and mermaids anywhere. And with that, the kraken began to
1: swim, slowly off. No, said Dak. He took his sword, and he threw it at Tsunami. But he had forgotten that things don't really fly very well underwater. The sword flew about three feet, and then just fell to the bottom. So Dak had to swim over, pick it up, and swim as fast as he could after Tsunami, yelling, Come back here! Come back here! I demand my fight! Tsunami just chuckled at him in that deep, underwater voice. <laughs> and then, suddenly, it stopped. For something so large, it was surprising that it could move as quickly as it could, or that it could stop so suddenly, and Dak almost swam right into it. He quickly drew his sword, getting ready to slash at one of the tentacles that was closest to him. But the tentacle swept around with surprising speed, wrapped around the sword, and jerked it from Dak's grasp. Then the Tsunami turned, until its vast eye could again regard him. It said, "How is it
2: that you are
1: here, overwater? How is it that you are here?" I told you," said Dak. "I'm here because the deep lobsters and their king claw demanded it of me, if I, in exchange for their turn of my love curry."
2: No," said Sonomi. "You do not understand my question. I mean, how are you under the water?" cannot breathe if you are not a creature of the sea. How is it that you cannot understand my speech? Oh, said Dak, that's through
1: this. It was given to me by my brother, a storm mage, and he held up the shell that he wore around his neck. Tsunami studied it for a moment, and then the pupil of his great eye got wide.
2: He said, Oh, possess a mariner's shell. I did not know any of those still existed. I would do much to possess this shell. And a
1: tentacle whipped out and tried to grab the necklace from Dak. As soon as it touched it,
2: it jerked back as if it had been burned. And Tsunami said, Oh, sure. I should have known an object of such power would be my I will make this deal with you, Overworlder. If you give me the Mariner Shell, I will part from here and trouble the Deep Lobsters no more.
1: Shantha, but, but, but then I won't be able to talk to the Deep Lobsters either, and, and if they free Curry, I won't be able to talk to her anymore.
2: Oh, so you do you not? You may depart. I will not fight you, you are not worth my effort. You may depart and leave your mermaid curry with the deep lobsters, or you may give me the shell and she will go free, although perhaps you will never be able to speak to her. Dak said, that's a terrible choice. I am Tsunami. I care not what you think of the choices I give you.
1: <sighs> Very well, said Dak, but I must swim up to the surface to give it to you, as I will not be able to breathe under the water anymore. Dawn, said Tsunami. Dak swam up to the surface with the drake kraken one of its tentacles snaking up behind him. When he reached the surface near the boat, Dak took the necklace out from around his neck and handed it to the kraken. The tentacle took it and disappeared below the water. Peering down through the water, Dak could see the necklace and the tentacle holding it go down, down, down to the great body of the kraken and then... The great thing turned and swam away at great speed. He watched it until it was gone, and then swam back to the ship.
2: But he could not breathe.
1: Well, no, he was above the water now. He was on the surface of the water. So lad, you be coming back to you? Did you win then? I don't know whether I won or not, said Dak. Well, why don't you come down and have a meal in me quarters? Tell me all about it. So Dak did. He told him about how he had made a deal and that Kraken would leave the Deep Lobster lands as they had demanded, but that in exchange he had given up the Mariner's shell from Shan that would have allowed him to talk to the Deep Lobsters and to talk to Curry if they freed her. I don't know what to do now, Dak said to Captain Goldring. All I can hope is that the Deep Lobsters know... That the Kraken's been defeated and that Tsunami has departed, and that they will free Curry. Even if I never get to speak to her, I would be happy just knowing that I have succeeded in setting her free. Ah, well, lad, let us see. Perhaps we should have a good night's sleep on it, and see what we can find in the morning, eh? So, after he had to dinner with Captain Goldring, Shan went up on deck... Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, deck went up on the deck and watched the sunset as the sun was setting he saw a great white albatross flying through the sky he thought it was strange because albatrosses although you could see them this far out at sea they did not usually fly this close to dark and they usually flew in a straight line whereas this one seemed to be circling as though it was searching for them and then it stopped circling and it flew in a straight line towards their ship and landed. The bird turned its white neck, looking from side to side at all the sailors and guards and Dak who were staring at it. And then it walked over to Dak and stuck out a leg. Dak frowned in puzzlement for a moment as he stared at it, and then he saw that there was a tiny metal canister tied to one leg of the albatross. He opened the canister and found a message inside from his sister saying, Dak, I have spoken to this albatross and asked it to carry a message from me. I wish to know how your search is going. Please reply. And then Dak knew what he needed to do. He quickly wrote a reply message, put it in the bird's canister, and bid it farewell.
0: Thanks for listening to Stories for Wonderful Children. I created today's story, but heckling and clever commentary were supplied by my children. The theme music was created by Brandon Thompson, and the logo was designed by Silas Wendelin. If you know someone who might enjoy the stories, please tell them about the show. Our website is storiesforwonderfulchildren.com, and preview snippets are posted to most social media. I'm Dan Wendelin reminding you to tell someone you love a story.